their attacker. There was no question that Anakin and True would need their lightsabers. Before the thought had completely registered, Anakin found the hilt in his hand. He didn't think it was such a good idea to reveal the fact that two Jedi were scavenging beneath the city. But he didn't particularly want to be pummeled and blinded either. True jumped to his left, and Anakin immediately saw his strategy. He wanted to avoid the pummeling feet and the stinging venom, which could only be directed straight ahead. Anakin followed True, leaping to engage the first Manikin. He knew he was a more aggressive fighter than True. He needed to avoid wounding or killing. He just had to frighten the Manikins enough to retreat. If we attack their bundles, they'll retreat, he told True confidently. They won't want to lose what they have. He leaped forward, going after the booty tied to their backs in large sacks. Whirling and dodging the streams of venom, he slashed at the straps of leather tying the bags to their backs. The maneuver required the most precise of touches. A fraction off, and he could easily slice off an arm. This was why he loved the action of a lightsaber. It was the ultimate instrument. He had seen firsthand the mistake that many Jedi students made. They did not realize how delicate it could be, how you could use it like a breath of air, like a feather, not a stick. The best lightsaber teacher, Sawara Antana, had said. Three bundles fell, scattering parts, and the Manikins howled in rage. They leaped over the parts and thundered toward Anakin and True. Anakin had never heard the sound of a Manikin spewing venom before, but he didn't need a lesson. Whoa! Really good plan, Anakin, True observed. Anakin leaped to his right as a snarling Manikin approached, rearing up on two legs. True rushed forward and delivered a fast series of moves to push back the Manikin. Okay, time, True said. Time for what? New plan. Run! Good idea! Anakin took off after True. The two of them leaped together, using the force to help them gain the top of the junk heap in one bound. They sent a shower of debris down behind them, but they managed to keep their footing. Below, the snarling Manikins began to scale the heap in their fury. But they were heavier and clumsier than the Jedi. The junk heap began to tumble and sway. Anakin looked over at True. What now? Jump? True suggested. Sure. Any suggestions where? They were surrounded by other junk heaps, all of them unstable. It was impossible to know if they would be able to land safely. A huge Manikin was halfway up the slope when he dislodged a power converter fragment. The entire heap began to collapse. Anywhere! True yelled and leaped into the air. Anakin followed. In midair, he had a split parsec to decide on his landing spot. If he hadn't had Jedi training, chances were good that he would have landed on a spike or sharp piece of metal. But he was able to evaluate and direct his descent, even as he fell. Everything below him was suddenly sharp, suddenly clear. He felt he could see every pebble, every grain of dirt and debris. That was how clear the Force could make his vision. It was moments like this that he lived for. The night air, so crisp in his lungs. Danger so near the force around him. If he could hang in the air forever like this, he would. He landed lightly, precisely on the edge of a heap, then jumped the rest of the way to the ground. Beside him, True landed safely as well. Anakin jumped, pulling True aside.
the venom hit only millimeters away. They looked behind them. Three furious Manikins were trying to slide down the heap toward them. Junked parts were shifting and sliding. Time to go, True panted. They ran. Behind them, the enormous junk heap collapsed in a cloud of dust. The cry of the Manikins was terrible. Choking, Anakin and True kept running. They didn't stop until they reached the relative safety of the walkway. They paused to catch their breath. It had been a close call. They struck off in the direction of the lift ramp to the upper levels of Coruscant. Well, if you say so, True said. Anakin looked at him, confused. If I say what? Your droid has a bad motivator, True explained. What makes you think so? The reactivate switch keeps cutting out. This is my second motivator. The first one just blew when I hooked it up. I spent two weeks rebuilding it, too. Then your problem isn't the motivator, True said. Have you run a check on the sensory plug-in system? Anakin shook his head. Nothing wrong with it. Maybe, but sometimes it can interface with the reactivate switch and cause the motivator to fuse. Did something funny happen with the vocabulator when the first motivator blew? That's funny, Anakin said. It went crazy. My droid started talking in Kasik. That's your problem then, True said. The sensor suite has a short. Sometimes in protocol droids, it can trigger the vocabulator. It's a pretty simple problem to fix. Much more simple than a bad motivator. Anakin glanced at True's tall, gangly body. True had never impressed him. Sometimes Anakin had wondered if his connection to the Force was strong enough to be a Jedi. Yet True had recently been picked as a Padawan by Rai Gaul, a quiet and respected Jedi Knight. Anakin had wondered about that, too. I didn't know you knew so much about droids, Anakin said. I don't. I just picked up a few things along the way, True said. I like to read manuals in my spare time. Droids, transports, circuit boards, you name it. Anakin tossed in the motivator part. Here, I guess I won't need this after all. True tucked it into the pocket of his tunic. Thanks. That is, if you're right, Anakin added. If I'm not, you can have the part back. Suddenly, Anakin began to understand why True had been picked by Rai Gaul. There was a sense of assurance True had. He gave off a sense of calm. That was unusual in a young student, even a Jedi. Anakin himself was aware that he felt confused and uncertain some of the time. He covered it well. But True didn't seem to have an undercurrent. He was just True. Give me a summary when you're done with the analysis, True said. Of the droid? Anakin asked. Of me, True answered. Aren't you analyzing me right now? Anakin grinned and didn't bother to deny it. I haven't come to any conclusions yet. True took a bag of sweet figda candy from his pocket and tossed one to Anakin. Too bad living beings don't come with manuals. Listen, I'm not very mechanical, but I'll help you with your droid problem if you want. Anakin was surprised at the offer, but he wasn't sure why. Then he realized what it was. It wasn't often that he was offered help. Most assumed he didn't need it. Sure, Anakin said. Saying that one word opened a door. He saw that suddenly. He had forgotten it. 
He had once known how to make a friend, and he had made friends easily. It was a skill he had lost. His comlink signaled, and he groaned. He knew who it was. Where are you? Obi-Wan asked. Anakin looked around. He was still quite a few levels away from the temple. At least a few hundred. If he told his master that, Obi-Wan would know where he'd been and why. True suddenly stepped up closer. Master Kenobi, it is True Veld. Anakin is with me. I asked his help on a personal matter. We are returning to the temple now. All right. Obi-Wan sounded surprised. Come and see me, Anakin, as soon as you arrive. Anakin turned off his comlink. Thanks, he said the true. Obi-Wan wouldn't be happy if he knew where I'd been. Neither would Rai Gaul, True said. If you're not so good at fixing droids, why were you there? Anakin asked. I'm helping out Ali Alan, True said. He has a droid helper in the nursery now. It needs a new motivator, and the tech service department is running low. I thought I'd surprise him. Anakin felt ashamed. Here he had fought for the part for himself, and True was doing a good deed. He sighed. It was time such as this he wondered if he'd ever become a Jedi. Students like True had a dedication he feared he lacked. They hurried back to the temple. It was dark and quiet as they checked in. They headed for the lift tube. Obi-Wan came around the corner. He frowned when he saw Anakin's stained tunic and dirty face. Where have you been? he asked sternly. True and Anakin looked at each other, then began to speak at once. You see, Ali Alan, True began. The tech service department has shortages, Anakin started. Obi-Wan held up a hand. I don't want to know. Good night, True. True nodded respectfully and hurried off to his quarters. Obi-Wan turned back to Anakin. Anakin, these late hours will do you no good if you have to leave early on a mission the next day. But I don't have a mission tomorrow, Anakin said. Ah, are you so certain of that, young Padawan? Do you see into the minds of the Jedi Council? The Jedi Council wants to see us, Anakin guessed, excitement rising in him. You mean we have a mission? We shall see. Obi-Wan said neutrally. They've asked for our presence before dawn tomorrow. So get some sleep. If I see one yawn tomorrow, I'll forbid you to go outside the temple grounds at all. Chapter 3 The next morning, Obi-Wan headed for Anakin's quarters. He knew that Anakin would be ready at the precise time he had been told. Anakin might push the rules, but he knew when to toe the line. Anakin was waiting outside his door in a fresh tunic, his face bright with eagerness in the dim light. The glow rods were kept low at this hour to keep a meditative hush in the temple halls. Most Jedi were asleep or meditating. Anakin swung into step beside him. Obi-Wan knew that his Padawan was waiting for an admonishment about the night before, but Obi-Wan had already moved on. The sight of Anakin with True had stirred him. The two young Padawans had exchanged a conspiratorial glance, and rather than being nettled by it, Obi-Wan had enjoyed it, though he would never let Anakin know it. Perhaps Anakin had made a friend. Obi-Wan was also glad that Anakin had an independent spirit. 
it would serve him well as a Jedi Knight in the years to come. What his Padawan needed was training in cooperation and dedication to the greater good, upheld by the Jedi Order. He did not know how to suppress his own needs and desires in order to serve. How does one teach loyalty and self-sacrifice, Obi-Wan wondered. Was it something that could be taught? The mission teaches when I cannot. Qui-Gon's words again. Obi-Wan had come to realize that in addition to preparing him to be a Jedi Knight, Qui-Gon had prepared him to be a master as well. He had often let him in on his thought processes, even on his own struggles to be a good master. Qui-Gon's advice often rose in his mind, centering and calming him, much as Qui-Gon himself had done. Over the years since Qui-Gon's tragic death, Obi-Wan had come to know how even searing grief could leave behind not only sorrow, but peace. It had been one of the great lessons of his life. You were thinking of Qui-Gon. Anakin's voice was soft. Startled, Obi-Wan turned to his Padawan. How did you know? Your face. It changes. Anakin shrugged. Some not inside of you loosens. Something smooths out. I see it happening. Stop being so perceptive, Obi-Wan snapped. Now you're not thinking of him at all, Anakin replied, mischief in his eyes. The knot is back. And you have tied it, Obi-Wan answered, accessing the council room door. The full council had not yet assembled. Only Yoda and Mace Windu were present, speaking quietly by the window. The lights of Coruscant still sparkled outside. The sun had not yet risen. A few air taxis made their way down the space lanes. In only an hour or so, those lanes would be crammed with traffic. Obi-Wan was surprised to see two other Jedi Knights in the room with their Padawans. Obviously, this mission was going to be a big one. He gave short bows to Rhaegal and Sawara Antana. Rhaegal's Padawan was Truveld. Anakin's companion of the night before. The tall, elegant master towered over his Padawan. Obi-Wan did not know Rhaegal very well, though he knew his reputation. He was a grave, silent Jedi who did not speak much, but was widely respected for the depth of his knowledge of the galaxy. Sawara Antana was a legend. Her lightsaber skills had set her apart even as a young girl. Like Obi-Wan, she had recently become a Jedi Knight. Her Padawan, Dara Theltanis, was the same age as Anakin. Dara, a slender girl with lively eyes, took her place next to the sturdy, muscular Soara. 